buy the rule book or write the rule book? For me personally, this is my my personality, 100% write write the rule book. I think for for me, I always had a bit of a problem with authority, if I'm honest. Never really in any trouble or anything like that. But I, I wanted to explore. I didn't want to be told what to do. I wanted to explore... So where do you stand in terms of sticking to the plan or going off piste? I think it's a really uh, valuable question to me at the moment is to be to be really transparent. I think where we are, there's probably more opportunity for us to go do more development, set more businesses, create income streams than there is than we've ever had. But what we should be saying yes to, what we should be saying no to, and therefore interestingly really challenging those goals hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode 119 of who wants to be an entrepreneur well that person in front of me right now is mr mike aspinall from northern property partners he definitely wanted to be an entrepreneur multiple business owner within the property industry and a very very interesting insight to the man behind the businesses and the brand it's not your typical property exploration in terms of what makes a good property investment how do we get started and all of that we go into this interview with a different approach so sit back relax enjoy and do let us know your thoughts and reviews at the end okay so this is a rather exciting podcast episode for me to record today i have got mr mike aspinall and i say it like that because i call him mr mike Mr. Mike Aspinall from Northern Property Partners. And Mike and I have known each other for a number of years now and worked on a number of things online and coaching and shared best practice in property, investing, coaching, business, entrepreneurship, you name it. Mike has pretty much done it all. So it's fantastic to have you with us, Mike. Thank you for joining. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, mate. Good stuff. So today, Mike... I've not given you any prep because we don't prep on these kind of things. And I wanted to do something a little bit different. So it's not same old, same old of, Mike, introduce yourself. How did you get into business? Okay, which is all fine and dandy. And that's really, really what people want to know because they can learn from. However, I'm putting a different spin on it. You won't be surprised to hear that because you know that I do that kind of thing. And especially last minute. (laughs) So what I'm going to give you is a couple of scenarios where basically it's going to be an either or. And I want you to then think about your own experiences to share with us on those as well. So pick kind of what way you're going for on the either or option and give your experience, give your knowledge and also your opinion. And if that is something controversial, I want that from you. Okay, I'm not here to then say, Mike, I'm encouraging you to ruffle a few feathers. Not at all. But I do want the real you because on our show, our HEW brand and how we speak is very, very real between us. It's real. It's raw. And it is the reality. So I want to, I do want to grasp that with you and hear your spin on things from that. So I'm going to kick this off. If this is my last podcast interview, everyone, it was a pleasure spending (laughs) it with you. At least, at least you'll be bowing out on a high mic. You'll be like, yeah, that bloody Helen. (laughs) So I want to kick off with these following scenarios. Fake it till you make it or own it where you are. 
What are we saying on that one, Mike? Where would you stand on that? You know, straight away you can see there's merit to both, isn't there? And I think probably probably a, a blended approach of both. I have a I have a big problem with the construct of fake it till you make it. I think more the way that's interpreted and used than the, the actual concept. I think it's a great concept, but for me, the concept is about a deep-rooted psychological change yeah. and really understanding where you are as a person, but understanding where you aspire to be and embodying the beliefs and behaviours of somebody, of the person that you're trying to become. Now, that's a, a wonderful thing and a really, really powerful and something that I do, I certainly have, well, I say certainly have absolutely done it over the years, but we'll continue to do that because I'm always looking to stretch, you know, what, what are my goals for this year and who am I, who's the person I'm trying to improve to become all the time. But the way that, that fake it till you make it is, is often transpires to be, yeah, I think people are missing the point for that. So tell me more about that then, where you're saying that people misconstrue it or it's constructed in a different way. What do you mean? Like, how do people interpret it and then how do they then apply it and why is that detrimental? Well, if, if that concept is, well, that concept is, well, I will, I haven't done this, but I'm going to talk about it loads and, and try and give the perception that I've done it. Yeah. If the, the construct of that is that... <sighs> And, you know, we both do a little bit of property. So we've done one property deal, but we can talk about that same property deal in 50 different ways over the next six months. We can pretend that actually that was 50 property deals or, or just outright BS from people who don't really have the integrity of being and, and being able to be comfortable where they are, but, but where, where they're aspiring to be. And I just think it's the danger of a social media age where you can take what you see as red rather than sort of exploring a little bit further. So I, I don't think faking a situation, faking where you are, faking what you've done, faking how you feel is ever a good thing. But I think that there's a lot of sense and growth possibility within deep-rooted psychological kind of progression and modeling trying to sort of yeah model and, and understand where you're trying to go i mean i think if we were having to go one or the other it would be the owning where you are and and, and being true to yourself yeah but how do you progress that and that's what used in the right way fake it to make it can be can be a great tool so you mentioned social media age there and faking where you are like how much business you've done, how successful you are and portraying something that's maybe not the real truth. Is there a lot out there, would you say? Are we surrounded by that kind of culture? There's any doubt about that, mate, to be honest. And yeah, I have a good giggle very often around you, sweaty and, and, and horrible, although you never really look horrible, do you? But, but um, <laughs> Yes, I do. You do your best. You do your best. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we, we're absolutely surrounded by that. And then um, the MPP group and myself, we're, we're very proactive on social media. We're certainly trying to be. And, and uh, my, my philosophy has always been like just a clear and transparent sort of picture of who I am. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's, if, if that's not the best sales tool for me, then those shouldn't be people that are involved with me or clients or, or business partners because, you know, integrity is, is a huge part of, of what we do here. I'm, I'm in the boardroom at, at work at the moment and, and as who, who I am as a person so yeah I think we are surrounded by that the tool that I use to counteract that 
is I'm as active on social media as I can be um, within my time constraints. And we're actually without two people in marketing at the moment. But I actually don't pay a huge amount of attention to what's going on everywhere else. And that's a self-care thing. For me, I'll put myself out there and I'll answer people's questions. But I'm honestly not spending a lot of time looking at everybody else. And it's not that I don't care what you know you guys are up to or other friends or whatever, but it's just if you're not careful, you can you can get caught there and, and you spend a lot of time sort of ruminating around things that are just not helpful for you. Yeah. And then if that is the case and you're not really certain over what is kind of the fakery, the facade, the faking it till you make it news and things like that, or the reality and the ownership over where someone's really at it can become quite a comparison trap then, can't it? In terms of, I should be further down the line than what I am right now. And they've got X amount of properties or X amount of deals and I've not. And it's kind of like, it's quite a destructive trap if you allow it to be. But yeah, I am definitely, definitely with you on that for own it where you are. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that transparency. I think you 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 explained that really well about, you know, fake it till you make it in terms of your inspiration, your striving, your modeling, because, you know, you have to then internally have that conversation make those decisions for then that to sit that you get used to it to what you want and where you want to be to then model those behaviors and get those disciplines in place to actually make it come to fruition but whoever whoever said that whoever said that for the first time i'd like to think that they were talking about an internal psychological construct not telling everyone you've made a few million and you only just got out of bed and started a business yesterday. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fabulous. Right, on to the next one then. I love this one. Buy the yeah. rule book. In other words, stick into the rules or write the rule book. Buy the rule book or write the rule book. For me personally, this is my, my personality. 100% write, write the rule book. I think... For me, I always had a bit of a problem with authority, if I'm honest. I was never really in any trouble or anything like that. But I I wanted to explore. I didn't want to be told what to do. I wanted to explore ways of doing things. And I, I, could, I could be told what to do. I would still want to explore how that felt and maybe what it felt like over here as well and, and how that worked for me. So I've spent thousands and thousands on education but i still rather figure it out myself and and that's usually the way that we operate to be honest with you and so you end up with with a better learning in my opinion and your own rule book which is great and that when i so i'm just putting the light when i reflect on sort of what we've managed to do in the last five six years or so it's very much a case of taking some other people but then writing our playbook, you know, our room. Well, this is the way we see it. And honestly, for me, more so in property than in business, for, for quite a while, I was kind of, I thought we got something wrong because other people's rule books seem to be really overcomplicated. Really? And I thought, Jesus, well, this is ours. This is our rule book and it seems to be working really well. So we'll just crack on with it. Just to, I suppose, maybe levels of detail, maybe things that, that worried other people that wouldn't worry us, running order of, of certain certain aspects uh-huh. but I, like one of one of the things that i think i do well is is simplify and so i suppose we were being taught from a from a rule book that was that was that deep and i kind of made my way through it and thought well it's two pages here and that's enough and it works so but i've been out there in a former life i was a professional rugby player helen as you know but i was a scrum half so 
the whole role for those that don't know anything about rugby, the scrum half is the little guy who runs around pissing everyone off and sort of fundamentally finding a way of winning without getting caught with the ref by the referee. So we were we were sort of professional problem solvers and professional cheats. You know, I'm the guy you play a board game with me, like you ain't winning. <laughs> but we're playing my rules. So I was sort of brought up on the constructs, not in a in a any sort of dangerous way to find a way of winning. And if you you had to figure it out, rugby itself is quite a grey sport. There are rules, but even at the highest level, you're playing the interpretation. And so you're figuring out what you can get away with and, and what works. And that's that's the same with with a lot of things here. What works, what and if we look at planning, it's not a black and white scenario and what's what's going to work with certain councils and what's not. And you're figuring those things out quickly and you're trying to adapt that and create a rule book, if you will, for that area and yeah. play by those rules because they're the ones that are useful. There's a lot in that, what you've just answered there. It and sound, like, sound like a right dodgy book, I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. I loved that about the, the scrum half analogy. And I was just, I was just... When you said it, you're a professional. You're a professional cheat in that respect. It's yeah. not. It's not cheating, is it? It's like you said. It's finding a way of winning, and that in itself, winning to me is an attitude. It's a case of you're either going to accept that something's unable or unable, sorry, to to come to fruition, or you find a way. And I always think there's a solution for every the majority of things. 100% right? and I think it's that attitude that you have to have as a as an entrepreneur so going out and forging your own way you have to find a solution rugby specifically you know and I spent sort of eight years as a as a head coach and director of rugby as well you're trying you're trying to manipulate the defense you're trying to manipulate the rules you're trying to you'll be looking at referees and saying look he's got this interpretation about the ball on the ground and I believe if we if we play here, this is where we can we can get the most gains out of this team at the weekend. And so it's a constant review process about not only how do we get better, but how do we find solutions and, and cause problems to the opposition. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. when you come away from that, that's your default sort of mentality of I wouldn't I, I couldn't spend time on a problem. I just have to flick to a solution. Yeah, this is this is the beauty here of this scenario-based interview that I'm that I'm giving you here and that we're conducting because, right, you said my personality leads me to being the you're basically the disruptor, the you're the one that will you'll create your own rules, you'll write your own rules, you'll do your own thing. But here's the thing, and I know what's written on your boardroom wall and in the about your core values of your business. That's the kind of stuff then that you would always be by the rule book on. Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's what you say, isn't it? That's who you are. You just share that probably because there's one there. Yeah. And that's one of our three core values here. But again, if you go back to maybe just to sort of see where that comes from, again, for me, integrity in this office means do what you say you do. You know, so if you say it, you back it up. Walk the talk. In professional sport and again in rugby, if you don't walk the talk, you get found out. Yeah. Week two. Because we were brought up, you know, very honest and transparent and what might be perceived to externally to be quite brutal feedback and review system. And it was all based on TVs as well. Like you couldn't hide from it. You couldn't not really 
well, personally, I didn't think you couldn't you couldn't not really honestly review yourself and and your teammates. I have I've seen it plenty of times. I've seen players not taking responsibility, but that's that's into integrity for us, and that's where everything starts is is building that trust in in one another and and building that in, that personal integrity. When we talk about entrepreneurs and 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 building businesses and building a lifestyle that that personal integrity is absolutely everything yeah you build that that integrity and confidence in yourself that you say when i say we do we're going to do this we're going to do it and when i say i'm i'm getting up and we're going to this is this is the path we're taking it's going to happen so I, i think integrity starts internally but when you're trying to build a team it's it's the foundation of everything for yeah. me but core, like core values that we've discussed in and that I know what, what what yours are within the business and obviously we have ours and we're very kind of value orientated. The core values are rules, aren't they, essentially? They are the, they are the rules, the, the backbone of the Ten Commandments of who you are and who your business is. So, yeah, that, I just wanted to point that out because that's a vast difference between you being the rule breaker, the rule breaker and the rule maker to the one that's like, you know where the rules are and when they shouldn't be messed about with. Yeah, and I, I suppose I see it. We're in a, we're, we're in a corporate environment now in this office, but I, I've set the rules. Like, we've broken them and we've set reset them here. Yeah. You know, I had my employment solicitor in the other, the other week and he was saying, oh, well, you know, you probably wouldn't say that in the, in the environment. And I said, oh, no, I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I know this guy actually used to play rugby with me. He was like, well, that's be you. And be careful. I said, hey, mate, look, this, there's no different here than it ever was with us back in the day. Yeah. Our, our core values are high levels of integrity. We find people that have high levels of integrity. We will then invest in those people yeah. and, and help them to invest in, their, in themselves. And at some point during the journey, if they want, they become family. And that's, that's this environment. Really care what anybody else tells me about what a corporate environment should look like. This is the environment that I want to spend time in. And obviously the people out there do as well. So for me, like tying that together, I kind of have broken the rules in my own head. I'm like, no, we're going to do this as we want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. our business. And we invite people to come in and if they want to be a part of that, then this is fantastic. I do love how none of this is ever mutually exclusive. It all weaves into one. You mentioned there about on the field of play when you've got like the, the review process then of your recordings and you've got nowhere to hide. That then just just goes back to the, the question one, the scenario one of fake it till you make it. People yeah. get found out. Yeah. Whether or not there is this fancy facade and this fake it till you make it attitude on social media or whatever, there has to become a point where business is actually conducted in person there's transaction going on like your social media for example if that's people's approach is only one step of the equation and that's like when you said about the field of play that's only one step of the equation let's look at them the spotlight on you and then we'll kind of look at it and and dissect it and what have you so I just I loved how that then fit in unintentionally but Never surprises me, all the same. You mentioned something there about as well, you learn as you go, and you mentioned about, ex, uh, sorry, your education. So that was one of my either ors of education or experience. I think fundamentally experience is the best education that you will, that you will get. That's, you know, always aware that, and I think you get to a point in life where you, 
you're aware that you're seeing the world through your construct as, as it is right now. And, and when we're smart enough and self-aware enough, we know that that changes. But, but certainly at 38 years old, having done what we've done so far, that is like my answer straight away. You know, experience is the best education I've ever had. That said, as, and Helen, as you know, I've, I've certainly put myself in the lifelong learning bracket and, and I'm very into my own personal development. So it's not that I don't actively seek out <clears throat> education, but I just don't think that you ever, I don't think that I've ever taken any, anything like as much as I have from just experiencing what that feels and looks like. What's been your most valuable either um, example of experience that you've learned from or scenario? What, what, what sticks out in your mind as like the most vital learning and that you could only get from experience? You couldn't get it from a textbook. You couldn't get it from a classroom. You couldn't get it from a chat from a peer or a mentor. Like you've been out there yourself, in, either in rugby or in your business now. What would you say? I think it would be around feedback and management. If I'm honest, I think you can you can take a course on virtually anything, and you can read a book about virtually. And um, I'm reading a book at the moment called World Class from Will Greenwood, is a rugby player, World Cup winner, and and Ben, I forget his name, is a CEO, and, and they're great friends. And one of the chapters are just deep diving into this review process and, and feedback loops. And we've actually our MD here at the office bought me it for Christmas. And I've been sharing it with her as she's more responsible for the day-to-day feedback of our team at the MPP group than I am as the CEO. But I'm almost mentoring her through each sort of transaction feedback she's having with, with the team and, and we're discussing it together. And it makes me realise that I have an absolute wealth of experience in managing teams and people and those micro transactions between people and, and I'm reading this book and it's the first book that I've ever read that I'm like oh wow this has got it on paper because that's exactly what I do and that's how we feel and that's what we try and that's how, how I would go about things it's the first book I think I've ever seen it sort of on paper and it's maybe more my transactions with our MD who's an experienced MD of sort of six years in a, in a business much bigger than this but I kind of recognize all of a sudden that I've got 20 years experience in reviewing and managing teams and people and I kind of haven't necessarily wouldn't have sort of put myself in that bracket so I think when you look at again at 38 years old you're older than me I feel, feel like I'm shoving the 38 down your throat um, I'm still 38 oh. right, thank you for, for the next few weeks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're only a couple of weeks behind. I, know, I, was gonna say, I don't make out know, as though you're the youth of this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think at, at this stage in life, I, that would probably that experience that I've logged probably stands me in in as good a stead as any experience that I've had. Yeah, and obviously has been relatable to business as it was back in, in managing sports teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that book is called World Class. World Class, yeah, Will Green. I'll have to look at that. Fabulous. Okay, so here's one for you. I know you're an action taker. I know you don't rest on your laurels and you always like to get shit done, basically. <laughs> so I want to ask you, job done or job done perfect? We're getting easier. Definitely job done. Definitely job done. And it's um, straight... You can you can argue it, of course you can, but within this con- within this this conversation of helping entrepreneurs win and progression through your your 
business journey. Action orientation stands you in really good stead versus the opposite, of course. And job done is, is great. Ready, ready, uh, ready, fire, aim. I, I kind of love that. It's like probably describes the first five years of our, our business and my job here and, and has always been like aiming. Let's, okay, let's, let's, let's aim. Let's, let's have a bit of strategy here. But yeah, I, whilst that's, whilst my role is very strategic, I am perfectly, um, perfectly aware that it's the amount of action and getting it done and yeah. it being good enough for now and let's, let's perfect it over time as yeah. has meant that we've traveled with a, a fair amount of speed and really built some momentum. Does that attitude come from the rugby field? Like getting stuck in, just getting it done, like rolling your sleeves up? Because I ask you that because I know how you operate with your high standards within NPP and you as yourself, you have very high standards. Standards, But so many people, Mike, are frozen to the spot through the idea of perfection. So where does that come from within you and how would you advise for others to let go of the concept of the perfection trap? Well, I let go because it doesn't exist for a start. Just take half a step back and recognise that you're never going to achieve. There is, I don't believe there is a perfection. Otherwise, there might be an end to this game. And again, I'm, I'm not looking forward to, I'm not looking for an end to this, to this journey, if you will. So yeah, maybe, maybe from the rugby field. I mean, you never play the perfect game of rugby. There's just so much going on and, you were always looking to improve performance. The environment that I created when I was in charge of the team for eight years was, you know, we tried to learn as much from wins as we learned from losses. There's a very sort of obvious construct in, in professional sport where you learn from your losses. I never lose, I either win or I learn. Yeah. I hated that. I was like, why? Why, why, would, you, why would you only learn when, you, when you're losing? That sounds crap. So we'd review the, the process exactly the same. We'd just be in a slightly better mood around. And I think so, so maybe, maybe there's that, there's always progress. And I just think, I also just think that you, you've got to pay homage to the amount of activity and action that is needed to get things off the floor. So and we've both seen it, the over-analytical struggles to generate momentum because they're always looking for perfection, action. And yeah. look, having shit standards and just doing too much business. Oh my God, I've got some great examples of that as well from businesses that I've asked to be involved in as a director and I would just see exactly what was happening. This is a law firm and I was just like, I don't want to be, I don't really want to be a part of this because you're not listening to me. This is yeah. not about business development. It's about putting processes in, in place and a team in place to deliver this. So action shouldn't just be moving forward in business generation, you know, business uh, development. It should also be where are we, taking action in in setting up the right system where are we taking action in setting the right team up where are we setting action in in ensuring that we're monitoring and checking our performance but you've got to you've got to keep things moving yeah um, yeah i mean it's funny you say that when you just said it's getting easier and you were straight in at job done i don't have any hold up on the term perfection and you know striving for perfect because it's so subjective to individuality anyway, in terms of what your perception of it is, what does it look and feel like and present itself to you. So it's kind of like you're chasing this non-existent entity forever if then you choose that path. But I always have a problem, and Lauren and I have discussed this, about the getting the job done and fuddling through it. Because 
I'm always of the opinion, Mark, and I say this and I hear it in the back of my mind as we're having this conversation of, if you're going to do the job, do it right. Yeah. I always say that. Otherwise, I'm like, otherwise, take yourself off the field because you ain't coming on. But if you're going to be there to do the job, do it right. Don't just do it half-arsed. And that's kind of, obviously, then this is where there's like different sort of fractions of getting the job done and your attitude and your mentality and your application behind it. But yeah, that's that's just ringing in the back of my head there. Yeah, and that's what I, and, and that's why it is a great question because if nobody in your business was looking for perfection, that the right finish, we have, we've got a construction company, but let's use the interior design side. Brilliant. So if I have a conversation with the interior design team, that conversation is stopped by me at a level of detail before they've reached perfection you know so i've gone we, we actually just did it with the, with the office you want people in your team that are searching for perfection in in areas but i think my role and i and talk talk to the, the listeners thinking around them being entrepreneurs and business owners is your your role is also to generate activity from the team so our interior design guys would go to level upon level upon level oh well maybe this table should be a different color and maybe this should be that and i'm like look looks great let's move on looks great let's go really so and i think it's trying just to get that balance isn't it yeah yeah you mentioned 10 minutes ago about my standards so yeah i have high standards in general i think that most of us most of us on listening to this probably do. So I think is it's just a balancing act of that, isn't it? It's it's not beating yourself up around perfection and recognizing that if you're holding yourself and your team to a relatively high standard, yeah. taking a lot of activity, yeah. and you have a, a well inbuilt review process to continue yeah. to get better, then that's that's enough. So many different layers to it and complexities to it. If you take it down different avenues, but it still relates back again to the very, very first question, take it till you make it or own it where you are as well. That one for me, massively. Right, I've got a couple of controversial ones for you now. I think we really got controversial enough there, Mike. (laughs) Who's better in business, men or women? (laughs) If he takes a sip of his water. <laughs> Just going straight in there, Mike. Who's better in business, men or women? This is when, uh, oh, you, you need me. Oh, sorry, I'm going to have to cut the interview short. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, are you? Uh, are we losing your connectivity there? Wow. I, okay, that'd be a little bit PC for for the start. I'm sure it won't end up that way. I don't think it's got anything to do with men or women, but I think it's got a fair bit to do with personality. That's a, that's a cheeky question, actually, because Helen's probably very aware that. Hannah, my wife, and I are obviously in business together, but also the MD that I employed, you know, eight months ago now is a lady. So I just don't see it. Do you know, I've had some fantastic, or I've been aware, or a, a bystander to some fantastic family arguments around gender bias. And I've got some people in Hannah's side of the family who are in big corporations, and they're all in management, and they're all, oh, we have to do this and we have to employ these women and this, that, and the other. And when they try and engage me, I'm like, I just don't give a shit. Oh, well, you would do when you when you get big enough. And I said, no, I still won't give a shit because I absolutely just take people on their skill set. I don't really want to get into having to employ anybody that I don't want to employ for any reason. And so I just don't see it that way. What I would say, though, pushing on from that, though, is I also think it's where, where the gender bias has been, has been because I think to make good decisions in business, they shouldn't be emotional. And I think that's that's where 
gender bias has come from, or probably it's not where it's come from, but that's for me, that's where an argument should originate, is you know, your ability to deal with your emotions and make good decisions without emotion is absolutely critical in business. So you, you know, your, your ability to do that, whether you're male or female, is is going to be pivotal to your quality decision-making and your leadership. Very diplomatic there, Mike. Well done. Well, there can be no answer. You could say, who's better in business, me or you? It was a, it was a cheeky question, <laughs> you know that. And obviously, yes, I do know your company structure and there's two women at the helm of it. So, yes, it was definitely a cheeky question. We didn't um, say they were any good, though. Huh? We didn't say they were any good. Well, no. Well, no, but that, that's not the case, is it? <laughs> but yeah, you're right in terms of what you're saying. I, d- I do actually agree with you about it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. Without us going down a, a, a sticky path about gender bias and equality and, you know, all of that. I, I, I love it. I'm, I am, for, for the listeners, I'm the guy, don't listen to the news because it's crap. Mm. And I, I don't have a shred of racism we could argue that all day, or sexism. I just want to take people on their own merit. Yeah. And that's how it should be. And, that, and I, I absolutely understand that probably globally it's a conversation that needs to be had. But in our office, it doesn't because yeah. I, I don't give a shit. So we'll just take people on merit. And obviously you can see that with two, two ladies being up, up, up in front. So yeah. um, they're, they're for their skill sets not. Yeah. When you said about personality skill set, what is it that you that you look for then in general within somebody's capability? Well, it really depends how they fit into the team. So again, I think putting the right team together is about the diversity of the team as much as it's the team's sort of common goal. So if you were to employ everybody under your same, if, if I was to go out and look for loads of me because I thought I was great, I wouldn't end up with the right team. Hannah and I, for a start, very, very different. She is an unbelievably high-red personality and a complete action taker. And she wants everything done yesterday. Whilst I'm a little bit more strategic, but I still have a very high action orientation. You know, I have, a, for, for those of you who know personality types, I have quite high yellow as well. So I like to deliver success through people rather than me going to get it done right now, which is handy from a delegation point of view. Yeah. But Sean, our RMD... She's, she's quite, she's very analytical. She's a lot slower as far as her decision-making and she's a real processy analyst. So the combination works. You know, she's not, Omar, we have a fantastic relationship, continuing to grow and will do, but you, might, you could go, well, she's not really your sort of person, is she? But it's like, she's absolutely the right person to round the team. And, and so that's, what I'm looking for is absolutely dependent on what, what we need to bring to the team to continue to improve the team. Okay. Last question for you, Mike. Because obviously we're sat here now on what are we, the 14th of January recording this, the beginning of a fresh year, beginning of a financial year for many. New goals have just been set. I know you will have done your goals back in December, I would have said, before kind of like the Christmas holidays and definitely then solidified them over the over the festive break, if they weren't already set in stone prior to it, because I know that's how you are. So with that in mind, goals, strategy, plans, up front, you already know the direction, you know the focus. Last scenario for you then, stick to the plan or go off piste. Hmm. And the reason why I ask that is because I've just said, the goals are set, 
We know where the focus is, the direction, the clarity. But going throughout the year, many opportunities come to present us to us. They land on our desks, doors open, things come out of the out of the woodwork. Really, mm-hmm. that often leads to kind of like confusion to a lot of people. So, where do you stand in terms of sticking to the plan or going off piste? I think it's a really uh, valuable question to me at the moment. It's to be to be really transparent. I think where we are, there's probably more opportunity for us to go do more development, set more businesses, create income streams than there is than we've ever had. But what we should be saying yes to, what we should be saying no to, and therefore, interestingly, really challenging those goals again is has already happened. We said 14th of, of, this, of January, and it's already happened. So, well, hang on a sec. Within these wealth goals, because you know, we're talking about business here, what was your priority? And so and, and that's happened within the first 14 days. And so it's trying to create a, a deeper level of understanding of priority lists within those goals for me. Weirdly, and I know what my answer is, and it's not what I thought it would be. And I don't think it would, this wouldn't have been my answer five years ago. But at the moment, again, what's a useful belief for me and where we are is they stick to the plan. And if we just explore where that, that, that answer, <clears throat> five years ago, I was probably sitting in a small office with two people and we were trying to make shit up. Let's, let's, let's take action, let's, let's explore, let's say yes. And we were creating something. At the moment, I'm CEO of a company that I want us to stick to the plan. Trying to put a team together to deliver the plan and trying to put layers of management in place to help deliver that plan. And so if I run off off piece and go, geez, yeah, I know this. we would, we would put all this plan in place, but this looks amazing then yeah. I'm not going to be pleased with the results and I'm really going to piss everybody off. So, so at the moment, it's very much, you know, plan, stick to the plan. It's not a black and white world, is it? Can plans evolve? Of course they can. Really, really fast moving group of businesses here and there's never a dull month. There's always some, some shift and a little, bit of, a little bit of change and maybe some new ideas and a new product. But I, for, from a useful point of view for me now, and I'm glad you've asked the question that, that, we, we need to stick to the plan. And I think I, yeah, I think that's, that's where I'd be at the moment. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm glad that was of use for you. It is a valuable one, particularly when we are setting things out at the beginning of the year or setting those goals out, because it's quite easy to be distracted and be led by that shiny penny and those new kind of bells and whistles that are elsewhere. Yeah. Go on. Like uh, really digging down into the, the new year goal setting thing don't do it because it's the new year and everyone says you've got to do goal setting like really dig into it our financial year ends end november or end of october first of november right. so our, our business financial plan was made about then but han and i as a as a partnership and as a household will sit down look at our financial goals over christmas because we have the time yeah uh, funnily enough and this is a little insight into me yeah, I had a really good idea of what my goals were going to be across the board going into Christmas and I'd done a fair amount of reflection, but I actually didn't write them down and commit them to paper until something like the 5th of, of January. And that was because I absolutely nailed my goal over Christmas, which was just to be with my family and the yeah. kids. Jesus Christ, I don't want to play with any more toys ever again there was so much input and, and, and investment into that part of my life so but that that's that's how i saw it 
So I think I think if you're going off piece left, right, and center, they're really I'm not saying it's a bad thing to say in earlier stage it should have happened more, but you should go back to the goals and say, why did you set that? Yeah. Is it still important to you? If you're if you're now saying it's not important to you anymore, yeah, but there's a bigger purpose or a different outcome you're after, fine. Yeah. Then this is probably the new plan. It shouldn't just be off piste willy-nilly, otherwise yeah. we're going around in circles and we're not getting anywhere. Yeah, absolutely right. And that goes into your learnings that you mentioned there about review and feedback, because just for Christmas, as you've said, they're not just for a new year. We can set them at any time, but they need reviewing, they need feeding back on, it needs evaluating throughout the year and always progress and momentum's being made. But sometimes, genuinely speaking, and I've done it before with clients, they have been on the wrong path. We've had to scrap that plan. And we've had to, technically speaking, go off piste and change complete direction. But that's been the right decision, but done right and done effectively. Like you said, it's not just knee-jerk reactions to kind of willy-nilly decisions there. But yeah, thanks, Mike. That draws us to a close on this uh, this interview. It's been an absolute... And I've really enjoyed doing those scenario-based questions with you because it's not clear-cut, is it? You just said yourself, it's not black and white. Nothing is mutually exclusive. And yeah, you've just said you would have probably answered them a little bit differently a few years ago. You might answer them again differently a few years in the future. But yeah, if people listening want to, you know, take note of the the questions themselves and do a little bit of a review on them, I'm sure they'll take a lot of value from it. So thank you ever so much for joining us. If anybody wants to connect with Mike, if you're not connected already, we'll put all the links on the podcast as well and the the write-up here for Mike's Instagram and for Northern Property Partners as well. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having us again. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope that you enjoyed that and hope that you resonated a lot with those personal experiences there. If you have any questions about coaching and how you can benefit from engaging myself, Lauren, or anyone from the HEW team on a personal level or within your business integration, then do not hesitate to contact us via the website, which is www.helpingentrepreneurswin.org. Look forward to hearing from you. As always, if you've enjoyed this, please share it to any of your Instagram stories on social media, leave us a five-star review or come to us directly with any of your feedback, comments or queries. Have an amazing day and thank you for being our listeners.